So in Colossians chapter 4, it says in verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So obviously this is a very um, mission-minded kind of a, a part of the letter here because Paul is quite outward focused, asking for the church in Colossae to pray, not only for him to have an open door, but for also to him for him to be able to preach the message of Christ clearly. And then he even encourages them to be wise in the way that they act toward outsiders, uh, making the most of every opportunity, obviously, so that they can impact other people for Jesus Christ. So uh, that will be part of what we pray about tonight. But initially, what we're going to pray about is devoting ourselves to prayer. You can advance the slide. Devoting ourselves to prayer. What does it mean to devote ourselves? Uh, basically, it means to continue earnestly, to persist or to persevere. Uh, basically, to, to not stop or never to give up talking to our Father in heaven. Uh, we should persevere in going before him um, night and day for peace, for comfort, for faith, for wisdom, for growth. And a habit of continual prayer throughout the day keeps us humble and it keeps us strong spiritually. So we should be praying in private, those private extended times of prayer, maybe in the morning before you go to school or before you go to work. Maybe it's that quiet time in the morning where you've got a good 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes to get on your knees and pray. That should be a part of our lives. But then there should also be the times throughout the day. You know, you're about to have a meeting. Let me say a quick prayer, just 30 seconds. I'm about to have an intense conversation. Let me pray. I'm about to take a test. Let me pray, you know, 30 seconds. That should be a part of our lives just as we go throughout the day. Prayer shouldn't be just the thing that we do 10 minutes once we wake up and then we don't talk to God again at all throughout the rest of the day. We should be praying also during major decisions. Maybe there's major school choices. What classes am I going to take next semester? Maybe there's career choices that we're thinking about making. What job should I take? Should I take another job? We should be praying about those things earnestly and diligently because these are big things that affect our lives. Relationship choices. Um, should I be getting married? Who should I be getting married to? Who should I date? I, have, I think I have an interest in such and such and so and so. Those things should be committed to God in prayer. Um, it's Christmas time. Major purchases. We should be praying about those things. You know, don't just haul off and, and, and pay for the $800 television set if you don't have the money for that. Or the $700 cell phone if you don't have the money for that. We should be praying about these things. So devoting ourselves means that we're committing for the long haul. In good times and in bad times, in the easy times or in the hard times. 
Devotion to prayer means that we're praying through all of these circumstances. We're not fair weather friends with God. When things are good, here I am, God. When things are bad, you don't see me anymore. Or many times it's vice versa, isn't it? When things are bad, here I am, God, help me. But then when things are good, you don't see me anymore. We've got to be talking to God no matter what happens through our lives. Jesus tells a parable in Luke chapter 18. It says, then Jesus told this parable, told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So Jesus is telling us that we need to be bold and persistent in prayer. But he's asking, hey, when Jesus returns, will he actually find people doing that? Or will we have given up? So let's take five minutes. You can advance my slide there. Yep, there we go. Let's take five minutes to pray about on our own. We're going to pray about renewing our own personal devotion to God through prayer. Amen. Five minutes and we'll be back. Okay. So that was good for me. I didn't realize how frazzled I was. We had, I had ran some errands coming. It's running late to begin with. And then I went to Office Max to pick up some invitations for our candlelight service, but they didn't have the invitation. So I was frustrated about that. And then I'm driving in and then I hit that big, huge lake of traffic on 264. And I'm just scrambling to get in here. And anyway, it was just good for me to just kind of connect. So hope it was good for you. Um, so here we are again, Colossians 4, 2. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And so a characteristic of a devoted prayer life is watchfulness. Being watchful can be translated as being awake or alert, um, on guard or vigilant. And when we pray, I don't know about you, but I can be dull. I can be unaware. I can be unprepared at times um, for situations that are coming my way and my thoughts can wander I can forget what I'm praying about, like midstream, like I'm like in the middle of a thought. And then it's like my thoughts just skip. And I'm five minutes later. I'm like, wait a minute. I was praying about that. Have you ever done that before? It's like so weird. And you, I feel like surely I have the ability to hold one thought in my mind for like two minutes, you know, but that's just how we are. You know, have you ever fallen asleep before while you're praying, you know? <laughs> 
like, wow, that's just embarrassing, you know? I think the classic example of, of not being watchful is the disciples with Jesus in Gethsemane. You know, Mark 14, it says, then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So the disciples were not watchful at that point. They weren't ready for what was about to happen and they couldn't respond properly. And and obviously, as a result, what did they do? They all deserted Jesus and fled. They weren't prayed up. They weren't prepared. So the enemy of watchfulness is apathy. And a good way to stay watchful is to keep our minds on needs. Keep our minds on needs. So many people, as I'm in the fellowship, ask me, what can I pray about? People will text me, what can I pray about? And I appreciate that. But that's a great way to stay watchful. And so with that said, we have to be careful of falling into apathy, a lack of care or a lack of responsiveness when it comes to the kingdom of God in our prayer lives. We've got to always be vigilant and spiritually awake. God is always looking for a man or woman to keep watch. So this time what we're going to do is pick a partner. You can advance the slide. Pick a partner. And share prayer requests with each other. Just take five minutes or three minutes, however long it takes. Just swap prayer requests and then take another five minutes to watchfully pray for each other. Amen. And then we'll be back in 10 minutes. Okay. As we continue here in Colossians 4. Verse two, he says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And so another characteristic of devoted prayer is a spirit of thankfulness or gratitude. And and prayer and thanksgiving always need to be coming together. Like thanksgiving should always be a part of our prayer lives. When we're not thankful, we're really being self-sufficient. And when we're self-sufficient, we really have no need to come before God. But there's so much that God has done and is doing and will do for us. Obviously, we haven't done these things ourselves. So let's be thankful for God to God for everything that he's done for us in our lives. I'm going to cut it short so we can pray because we're kind of running short on time. But next slide. Let's get into groups of three. Get into groups of three and give God thanks for the next 10 minutes. Amen. And we'll be back. Okay. All right. As we uh, keep going here in Colossians four, Paul goes on to say in verse three, he says, and pray for us too." meaning Paul and his companions that were with him there in Rome, as he wrote the letter, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. So God opens and closes doors for evangelism. We don't do that. God is the Lord of the harvest. We are not the lords of the harvest. We have to plant and we have to water, but God makes it grow. God opens the doors 
but we still have to walk through them. And so there's a, a, a synergy that takes place between us and God when it comes to evangelism. I've told this story before a couple of years ago when we came to visit, but I want to tell it again because some of you um, may not have heard the story. And I think it's inspiring about how God has how God opened doors in Trinidad. We were praying to plant a ministry in the eastern part of Trinidad and we were praying for about a year. And there was a, a brother in the church. He's he was about 70 at the time, maybe 69. And he, he loved to golf. And so he uh, met a guy on the golf course who was um, even farther east from this place that we were playing, praying to plant. He was about a half an hour farther east than where we wanted to go. And the guy lived in the bush. The, the bush in Trinidad is the equivalent of the country here in the United States. And so we hadn't planned to go to this particular um, town um, for another couple of years. But God opened up that door by this a brother meeting this guy on the golf course. And they began to study the Bible. The, the guy who was studying the Bible was impacted. And so he began to bring his wife to study the Bible as well. And then that married couple, then they began to bring their son. And then the son also began to bring his uh, wife as well. So there were four people studying the Bible all at once from this place way out in the bush, an hour and a half away from where we worshiped on a Sunday morning that we were not planning to go to, but God had opened a door. And so we continued studying the Bible with these two couples. And on Father's Day of 2014, all four of them got baptized that Sunday, which was like an amazing, incredible thing. But then we were like, okay, so now what? They live an hour and a half away. And in Trinidad, an hour and a half, that's a long way. People are not used to traveling more than, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes. When I, when I would tell them that we'd come to the States and we'd drive two hours, four hours to go to D.C., people would just be like shocked, falling on the floor. I mean, they just couldn't handle that. So an hour and a half is a long way. We couldn't reasonably ask them to drive an hour and a half one way to come to church. So we said, well, let's just start a house church out in the bush. So they started meeting at their house and we would send this 70 year old brother. And then I think his wife was like 66. She would go out there with him. And then they had another couple they were best friends with who were even older. The brother was like 72. And then his wife was elderly as well. So these two elderly couples traveled out there and they go to our first service and then they drive the hour and a half out there to this other service to preach and to teach every single Sunday in a place that just in the middle of just kind of nothing. And uh, they started studying the Bible with more people. And eventually the one family, their son had gotten baptized. And then the, the ex-preacher of the church they used to go to, he got baptized and his wife had gotten baptized. And then um, another friend had gotten baptized. And then the preacher's daughter got baptized. There were like 10 people, maybe 12 people that ended up being a part of this church again in the bush because God had opened up a door using two like literally 70 year old couples that would drive out there week after week after week after week simply to preach the word. It was an amazing thing that God had done. And those people are still faithful today. But it was because we had been praying for God to open a door. 
And once he did open it, then we had to walk through it. It was quite uncomfortable. We didn't know, literally know what we were doing. It wasn't a part of our plan, but the spirit was guiding us and leading us. So this is another part of devoted prayer, praying for open doors. We have to pray for open doors evangelistically and the courage to walk through them so that souls can be saved. Since we left five and a half years ago, Hampton Roads is just a little bit larger than before. We've got about 30,000 more people in Hampton Roads, according to the Internet, than when we left. Uh, Right now, our population is just over 1.8 million people. And so there's still many souls still in need of Jesus Christ. Uh, We've got disciples in Portsmouth, more disciples in Portsmouth now than we had before when we left, which was an amazing thing. Um, Disciples in Suffolk. I know Ja'Cory lives out there in Suffolk and Isaac works out in Suffolk. And we've got a new sister who just moved from Richmond who's going to be living in Suffolk as well and working in Suffolk. So God is doing great things. We have a, a Bible talk in Western Branch now, which is incredible. We didn't have one in Western Branch before. And so God is doing great things. But there's even more things that God can do when we pray for open doors. Amen. And so this is why we need to be wise in the way that we act toward outsiders. This is why we need to make the most of every opportunity. This is why our conversations should always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that we know how to answer everyone that we come across. Amen. Uh, Hit the next slide on Saturday. We've already talked about it. We're having our candlelight service. It is Saturday evening, not Sunday morning. That's our main service. It's at 7 p.m. We're going to have very light refreshments, hot chocolate, coffee, I think. We're going to have a very festive time, you know, Christmas carols. We're going to be lighting the candles and singing Silent Night. We're going to have a really, really good time. So this is a great opportunity to invite your friends. If you have family that are in town visiting for the holidays, invite them to come on out to meet the disciples and to praise and to worship God that evening. Um, I would have had some invitations to give us, but again, we had a little mix up at Office Max today, so I wasn't able to get those. I apologize. Um, But do your best. Just call people on your phone and invite them. Anyway, so what we're going to do at this point is get into Bible talks this time. Get into Bible talks. We're going to pray for five minutes for open doors in evangelism. So that might mean our children. It might mean our families. It might mean our workplaces, our shipmates, our neighborhoods. But pray for open doors and the courage to walk through those open doors. Let's do that at this time. Bible talks and pray for ten five minutes. <laughs>